Hello, everyone. Welcome back to East Coast Haunts. I'm MK. And I'm Sam. And we are about a week and a half into 2024. I hope everyone is having a good new year so far. I know we got kind of an uh, exciting start to our new year. That actually just happened today, so I guess it's not really a start, but I digress. Um, (laughs) We have a new Patreon to shout out. Thank you, Shannon, for joining. Um, Great time to join because we are actually just going to record the first episode of our new series immediately after this episode. But I do have a funny little story about Shannon. So Shannon tagged us in an Instagram post today and said that she found us through a sticker stuck on the inside of a Penn Station bathroom stall, which I know fate works in mysterious ways, but I am so shocked that that's how someone found our podcast. So how did it end up in that bathroom? I actually put it in the bathroom when I was back in, like, Penn Station back in August. I was going to say, this was, like, at least, like, pretty much, like, a half year ago, I think. Yeah, it, it, it was a long time ago, because I was there to see Billy Joel in concert, and I we almost missed the train on our way back because I had to pee, and so I went in the bathroom, and I, like, found the sticker in my pocket, and I was like... Just, it was just in the stall. And I was like, well, you know advertise. What? Take a marketing yeah, right? opportunity. Everyone else is sticking their stickers on the back of this bathroom stall. May as well. And so I'm shocked that it hasn't been like covered up or you know peeled off by now. But uh, that's some good advertising for our stickers. So yeah. <laughs> they're high quality. They're durable. <laughs> <laughs> they sure are. If they can survive a Penn Station bathroom, they can survive a nuclear war. I was literally, you took the words right out of my mouth. (laughs) So, anyway. So, thank you, Shannon. You gave us a good laugh um, and a really cool story to share with our podcast listeners. So, Shannon's a real one. Yeah, Um, shout out Shannon. Have a great new year. (laughs) Have a great new year. Sam, do you want to tell the people what we are talking about today in our first episode of 2024? I would love to tell you what our first episode of 2024 is going to be about. It's about something something very valuable, something very shiny, something very famous. And it's a little bit different than most of our episodes because this is actually about a haunted object rather than a haunted place. So today we are going to be talking about the curse of the Hope Diamond. Dun, dun, dun. And I think I think you and I both knew what the Hope Diamond was before, but um I definitely didn't know the the details about it. Um and it's super interesting. It's been around for like how many years now? I don't know, six hundred um, years maybe since the sixteen hundreds. Yeah. So So only like four hundred ish years. <laughs> okay, <laughs> pretend I didn't say that. Um But I actually am going to be going over the history of the diamond itself, and then MK is going to go over the curse. So without further ado, I am going to get started unless you have anything to add before I kick off. Please go right ahead. I'm excited to hear the history of the diamond because I actually don't know much about it. I know. I purposefully did not really look at um, any of the curses associated with it, so I'm excited to hear your part. But the, the history is 
pretty much as interesting as like any of the haunts or the curses and stuff. I mean, it like you said, it's been around for 400 years and it's seen a lot in those 400 years. So we're going to get into the history right now. The Hope Diamond is a 45.52 carat marvel. Like, think about think about a what like I how I don't know how many carats like the average engagement ring is but like say it's like one picture 45 diamonds like smushed together like this thing is very large holy cow and very valuable and it actually came from the Kalor mine in India um back in the 1600s like I said so this diamond was originally um in the mines of India so, uh, the Hope Diamond, if you've ever seen, I'm sure we'll post a picture with it, um, on our Instagram, go follow us at East Coast Haunts, but, um, it has a deep blue hue. It's, it kind of looks like a, a sapphire. Like I, at, at first look, I would not have thought it was a diamond. I would have thought it was a sapphire. Um, but I don't really know anything about gemstones. Um, Me either. But so the color of the diamond comes from trace amounts of boron in the crystal structure. Ooh, that's so interesting. So I thought that, I mean, again, like I have no idea. I'm not a gemologist or, you know, (laughs) gemologist. I think that's what they're called or like a jeweler per se. Um, But I thought like diamonds, I thought the thing about diamonds was that like they're, like, the higher the purity, the more valuable it is. But I guess it doesn't matter totally in this one because it's just so big, right? Yeah, that's a good point. I thought so, too, and I thought it was, like, the more colorless it is, like, the more valuable. But maybe since um, blue is so rare, it, it it's mm. – I don't know. But it definitely looks cool. And also, um, under incandescent light – it has, like, a blackish-blue tone to it. So under different Ooh. lights, it sort of has, like, different, sh- like, tones of blue. Oh, that's um, really cool. <laughs> so, yeah, really, really cool. Um, the Hope Diamond first entered, I guess, the historical stage um, when Jean Pap- Jean-Baptiste Tavernier, who was a French gem merchant, acquired it. Um, and they don't know exactly when the Hope Diamond was first acquired, like, they think it was between 1640 and 1667, so that's kind of, like, a large gap. That's, like, almost 30 years, but um, Tavernier eventually acquired it, and he named it the Tavernier Blue, of course. Obviously. What other name is there for it? Right, of course. You have to name it. If you find a 45-carat diamond, you have to name it after yourself. Yes. Otherwise, you're a fool. Okay, so... Um, this French gem merchant Tavernier, or maybe it's Tavernier. I don't really know. I don't want to disgrace our French ancestors. Tavernier because he's French and he pops up a little bit with the curse. So I I was familiar with him. Okay, so let's let's say Tavernier because that sounds a lot more French actually. So Tavernier, (laughs) he has this diamond. He's so proud of it. Um, sixteen sixty eight the diamond finds itself in the hands of none other than King Louis the 14th of France, who renamed it the French blue. Because of course, I think that, you know, if you have a hold of this like epic gemstone, you're going to want to change the name of it to fit your aesthetic. 
Obviously. He's the king of France. He names it the French Blue. And he also What would you re- name it? Sorry. <laughs> no, that's a what great question. I would name it like Papa Smurf maybe. Like cuz it's blue. <laughs> My car that I had for like three days before like a drunk driver hit it um, on the road in Philadelphia was Papa Smurf. So uh, I would why have do to I not that. know this story? Is this the one that got like curb stomped? Yes, it was like it was like yeah, out okay. on the curb. Yeah, and it, and like we heard it. Like we heard like a huge like <laughs> glass shatter outside, and we we're like, "What was that?" And we looked out. <laughs> there was a guy like trying to flee the scene, but he couldn't. <laughs> so yeah so that's so i would name him papa Papa smurf after my late car okay and what would you what would you name it um what a crazy question i can't follow yeah i can't follow that (laughs) maybe like avatar or something i don't know but for me it's always reminded me i and i think it's based on like the it's it, it is like the basis for this but it always reminded me of the like gemstone necklace in titanic you know what i'm talking about i used to think they were the same thing i think it's i mean it's very clearly like based off the hope diamond because it looks exactly like it but uh what it's like called like the heart of the ocean or like the heart of the sea or something so i'd probably name it like a spoof on that but i can't think of one right now (laughs) name it titanic (laughs) name it jack and rose (laughs) so uh okay so king louis he now has the diamond. He names it the French blue, and he also recuts the stone. So it's it gets, like, a little bit smaller because it's being recut. And he adds it to the crown of France. So, of course, like, the crown Ooh. jewels. Like, there's tons of jewels on the crown. Um, but the French blue is now one of them. And I have to think it was probably, like, the centerpiece, if I had to guess, because it's a gigantic stone. Um, fast forward, it obviously stays in the French royalty for a while, now it's 1792, and the French Blue faces an unfortunate fate. It is stolen in the chaos of the French Revolution. Not surprising. You know, there was a lot of chaos going on. Of course, someone's going to break into, like, the crown jewel room and steal Obviously. some of the jewels. Um, and so it's gone for a while, right? It, like, disappears. It does not come back up for another, like, 40-something years. Um, it's 1839 and it reemerges and yeah. So really cool. Right. So they don't really know exactly like what happened in the years that it, like the 40 years that it was gone, but a likely scenario is that the French blue was, uh, smuggled to London. Um, and so then it was there for a while. And then apparently, um, people think that it was cut again. So, it went from being like this really big diamond to like still a really big diamond, but cut smaller for the King of France. And then it was cut again. And they think that, um, the small, like there's like a smaller, so I'm not explaining this well, but obviously there's the main diamond that we know now know as the hope diamond, but there are also smaller pieces that were cut from it that are probably like out there in the world somewhere. Um, that people might not even know it's from, it's like, made from the hope diamond but that is so sick imagine yeah, having really a piece cool? of the hope diamond well and um people uh some people think that it was kind of like a but they accidentally like butchered it like they did a bad job on cutting it because oh. apparently 23 carrots were taken from it and they don't think that they were they were actually trying to get that many carrots off of it damn 
Yeah. 23 characters. That, what did you say it was in the beginning? Like 69? Is that what you said? 45? Um, it, it is 45, but I think that that's like, I think, I want to say that's like 45 carats now. Right. I think I read somewhere that it was originally, or maybe when Louis the 16th had it, or the 14th had it, um, I think it was, at, at one point in time, it was 68 or 69. So maybe that, that was insane. because, that was before the 23 carats were removed. Right, exactly. So, un- yeah, so, like, a huge chunk of it was removed. And you have to assume that it's floating around there. So, like, so, like someone's got it somewhere. Because um, diamonds but... don't just disintegrate. Like, diamonds diamonds are forever. Di- yeah, diamonds are Diamonds are forever. So that, that's definitely, hold on, wait. Before we move on, I know that that's like, diamonds are forever is something. Diamonds are. Diamonds are forever. forever. I think it was like the tagline that I. It's a James Bond movie. Oh. I thought it was like the tagline. It's a James Bond movie. It's a James Bond movie. I'm actually very impressed with myself for getting that because I'm impressed too. Like two James Bond movies. So. I've never seen any. I just know Goldfinger or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Because I don't like that name. I think it's weird. I don't like that. I know to Ru- or from Russia with love is another one, but I'm pretty oh. proud of myself that I got diamonds are forever. Yeah, that was anyway, good. I had literally no idea what to you were derail you. <laughs> <laughs> you know I love it. Okay, so now, so it's butchered. Whatever. There's still like 45 carats of it, so it's fine. Um, fast forward to the early 19th century. The diamond enters the hands of a wealthy banker, and his name is Thomas Hope. We're in England, by the way. We're in the UK. I'm not sure if I said that. So it's 1839, and the Hope Diamond, obviously now it's named the Hope Diamond because the person with the last name Hope got the diamond. Obviously. And the Hope Diamond appears in a catalog of the gem collection of Thomas's brother. So basically, Thomas Hope owns the diamond. He renames it the hope diamond and then i don't know if this is just something that wealthy people did back then like they had catalogs of gem collections that they showed people i guess it was like a way to flex back then of like showing how many gems they had it was like nft sort of maybe you know (laughs) (laughs) just kidding (laughs) i still don't understand what nfts are so like i kind of get that disappeared overnight i feel like those (laughs) disappeared overnight (laughs) (laughs) I have no idea. Um, I, like, still don't get, like, the concept of owning, like, investing in, like, digital art. But, like, if you do, all the power to you. Because I, my, like, puny mind does not understand that. But, uh, what was I going to say? Oh, is, like, when they say catalog, because I also came across that term in my research. Do they actually mean, like, a physical, like, like what we would think of as like a magazine like an oriental trading catalog no probably not the American I, loved, I loved looking at oriental trading though i loved that magazine and <laughs> i used to think to myself way. i used to think to myself like if i when i'm an adult like i'm gonna buy myself like everything from oriental trading dude oriental trading was the shit that was like the so, only way to make your christmas list was to go through all the catalogs and like circle what you wanted yes I miss, I miss those that. days. So to answer your question, 
I guess I'm I'm sure you're probably right. Catalog has another meaning, and I'm just an idiot. And we're gonna get another review that says that the second one sounds like uneducated or something. (laughs) (laughs) Hold on, on. a catalog. I I just looked up gem catalog. Okay. Okay. This just says no. it, It. This is coming up as like an actual catalog. So. So maybe it was just like old timey photos. Maybe it's like a collection, like, but, but what? First of all, well, how either do you way, <laughs> it's a weird looking word. But either I way, mean, it came onto the scene in 1839, and um, obviously now it's renamed the Hope Diamond, which is how we know it today. And now we're going to skip forward a little bit to 1911. We're in Washington D.C. And there's a socialite named Evelyn Walsh McLean, and she and her husband acquire the diamond. So now Ms. Evelyn owns the diamond. And there have been there have been rumors floating around about its curse, but she doesn't care. She's like, I want this diamond, so she gets it. Um, she has a very extravagant lifestyle. Um, she's, you know, a socialite, so she's well known throughout the community. Um and I guess it was just like the talk of the town. Everyone thought it was so interesting that that she had this big diamond. And I guess she, I'll be honest, I don't know if there's anything bad that happens to her because I did not do any research on the curse. You're going to tell me. But um, apparently she and the diamond became the talk of high society. So I guess we'll find out what that means from you soon. Um, And then my last little bit before I wrap up is that McLean eventually sells the diamond to a man named Harry Winston and Harry Winston donates the diamond to the Smithsonian in 1958. And I believe that is where it remains today. It sure is. So that's like the general history. But now let's get into the spooky part of it, which is why everyone is actually here, I think. <laughs> so this, I going into this, I was like, I feel like it has to be just like a few coincidences because I remember learning about this like when we went to the Smithsonian and I was always kind of like, I don't know, like cursed. When I tell you, I I don't know if this like it had so many owners like in between you hit all like the main owners. Yeah, but it passed hands so many times and the amount of like misfortune that befell all of these people is so crazy so i i really actually kind of went down a rabbit hole with this because i was so fascinated by it but you're gonna hear a few like familiar names like people that you covered and then like people in between those owners or like people that were associated with those owners that also had some misfortune so like you said the diamond popped up in history somewhere between 1640 and 1667 mm-hmm. and obviously fell into the hands of our boy Jean-Baptiste Tavernier. And it Tavernier, was... as I said. <laughs> Tavernier. <laughs> and it was largely rumored at the time that he obtained the diamond through the heist of a Hindu temple. And the diamond was said to be one of two eyes on an idol. And when the diamond was discovered to be missing, the Hindu temple priests placed a curse on whoever possessed the missing diamond. 
okay, well, now everything is starting to make a little bit more sense. Right? So it, like, mysteriously cropped up. The diamond was already cut. So I don't know if there's any truth to this rumor, but very interesting thing to note, right? It does kind of check out. Um, And just an interesting note, Tavernier lived a very long and healthy life. So he was unaffected by this curse, but we're going to see that not everyone had that same luck. Okay. So like you said, King Louis the 16th, he altered the stone, had it recut and all of his legitimate children died except one. And King Louis the 16th, he suffered through many ailments in his life. He had diabetes, gout, uh, periods of like severe headaches, which we would probably call like migraines today and like fainting spells. But he did have one of the longest recording recorded reigns of any monarch in European history. So, so he had that. some good, okay. And you he could had some argue, good fortune. To play devil's advocate throughout this whole thing, I'm going to say if you look at anyone's life, you can find like a lot of tragedy, right? So it's like True. Was it a curse or was it just like humans living their lives? But anyway, I'm reserving judgment cuz I don't know how I feel yet. I don't know because I just hear me out first, because okay. I I told you I went into this and I was like, it's not a curse. And I'm like, well, maybe it was. <laughs> My <favorite. laughs> so, so King Louis this. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Did I say the 16th? This is King Louis the 14th. Okay, yeah. I thought that maybe I misspoken earlier, so I was like, oops. I have trouble with Roman numerals. So, no, uh, I, just, I literally <laughs> had to write out 14th because I did not trust myself. <laughs> King Louis the 14th, he died of gangrene. And Ooh. uh so not good. But he didn't die young or anything. He just had some medical ailments and unfortunately a lot of his children died. Mm-hmm. Uh King Louis the Fourteenth's financial advisor, Nicholas Fouquet, he was allowed to wear the stone on like special occasions. He was imprisoned after an argument with the king and he died in captivity. So that kind of <laughs> sucks. They had financial <laughs> advisors back then, they, first of all. <laughs> they had a financial advisor that he got into, like, a mild argument and then threw him in the in the jail. Jeez. And then he died in captivity. Then King Louis the Fourteenth's chief mistress, which oh. I just want to point out, chief mistress is, like, funny to me. But yeah. <laughs> so his, his, like, main side piece... Yeah, literally. Uh, <laughs> Madame de Montespan okay. wore the diamond several times in public, and it was, like, noted. She had a portrait done of her, like, wearing the French blue. And the Catholic Church, obviously, was not a huge fan because she was promoting, she was promoting like, open adultery. Okay. And she was, like, a very prominent figure, obviously. So they were, like, get this girl out of here so it's speculated that people within the catholic church started to spread rumors that she was engaging in witchcraft and aphrodisiacs to remain chief mistress which i'm like what is or whatever (laughs) yes what a wild like like witchcraft and also she was eating a lot of oysters like like, (laughs) you got them like (laughs) hello that is bizarre. 
So that caused her to be thrown out publicly by the king, and she died in 1707 at the age of 66. So not okay. like, yeah, it's like yeah, that time period. But, that's pretty good, but still. yeah, not bad. Yeah, 66 isn't bad for 1700s. When the Catholic Church is spreading rumors about you eating oysters, <laughs> that's that's, I mean, that's just a tough scene. Yeah, I don't know what to tell you about that one. Uh, so <laughs> King Louis the Fifteenth inherited the stone, and he was known as one of the most hated rulers of France. Um, and that was might have been due to due to the stone, but it also may be due to the fact that he lost France almost all of their colonies in the Seven Years' War. So, oh, that's so embarrassing. I don't know. You you take your pick. <laughs> it was I'm a diamond. Not sure. Pretty sure. Yeah, I, I would put I would put my money on that. <laughs> uh, then. Our little friends, King Louis the Sixteenth, and his famous wife, Marie Antoinette. Yes, very. I got nervous for a second. (laughs) Uh, They inherited the stone, and we all know how their story ends. They were executed by guillotine after being charged with treason against the French people during the French Revolution, a la Les Mis. Yes. Um, Nice, nice. And thank you, thank you. I had to throw in a little little musical theater reference. Then, unfortunately, also, uh, Marie Antoinette's lady-in-waiting, Princess de Lambala, she wore the diamond several times, and she, at the time of their execution, she refused to denounce the royal family. So they dealt with this as you would, They let her loose in a crowd of violent French peasants who tortured and then decapitated her. (gasps) And this is horrible, but they stuck her head on a spike and, like, lifted it outside of Marie Antoinette's prison window so that she (gasps) could see her, like, decapitated lady, like, I guess lady-in-waiting, like, one of her, like, main servants. Oh, my God. I would assume her good friend. So. That's horrible. Not good. Yeah, really not good. And then I do want to just, um, at this point, the diamond was lost to history. But going forward, there is a mention, like mentions of like suicide and stuff. So, trigger warning for that. Um, okay. But when the diamond was eventually found after its theft from the royal family, it resurfaced in the possession of a diamond cutter named Wilhelm Falls. Ooh. And he was going to cut the gem, so his son, Hendrik, stole the stone. And it was said that his father died from grief, but there's no record of that. Um, no, I didn't mean to laugh. <laughs> I, mean, like, I, didn't, I didn't think that's where the story was going. It's, I, I don't know. I don't know about that one. There's no record of it. And okay. then Hendrik committed suicide a few years later. Wow. So he gave it to a man named Francis Bollier, to pay a debt, and then this Bollier tried to sell it to a diamond dealer named Eliason, but the dealer, Eliason, found Bollier dead in bed when he went to pay. So that's oh. kind of creepy. So Eliason takes the gem, sells it, and later, like very soon after the sale, commits suicide. Oh man, okay. Crazy, right? So yeah. 1839, like you said, um, someone named Philip Henry Philip Hope had possession of the diamond. It he died that same year, 
he passed it to his nephew and then to his grandson, who is Lord Francis Hope. And this is where, I don't know if you listened to our last episode, we mentioned someone who had a connection to the Hope Diamond. This is where she comes in. So in 1894, Lord Francis Hope marries Mary Yohi, who was the performer who got her start in the lobby of the Hotel Bethlehem. Yes. And the pair was not a good match. They uh, engaged in like a very hedonistic lifestyle and they kind of like squandered their wealth to the point where they were both bankrupt. And Yohi ended up leaving Hope for her beloved u.s army captain we talked a little bit about that in our last episode um and so in 1901 hope sold the stone to get rid of to get out of bankruptcy but unfortunately in the years that followed he fell into bankruptcy again he lost his foot in a hunting accident and officially divorced mary yohi and he died a bankrupt man and didn't mary also not have any luck with love for the rest of her life Yes, she was deserted by her U.S. Army captain and died alone. So, oh man, say what you will about this stone, but no, I don't know if it's just owned by like a bunch of like people of bad luck. But man, we're not even done yet. Oh my um, god, we're only in the 1800s here. <laughs> we're, only, we're literally just into the 20th century. Okay, oh, right no. now. So the stone was bought and sold several times between 1901 and 1908. One notable owner was Jacques Colette and he bought the diamond and shortly after went mad and killed himself. Oh, Uh, this is crazy. An actress named Laurence Ledoux wore the diamond for the first time on stage in a performance and was shot from the audience by her lover, a Russian prince who had bought the diamond for her. And he the Russian prince was later stabbed to death. Why did he shoot her? God only knows. It was what? rumored that he was the one that shot her. They haven't ever actually been able to confirm it, but that's like the popular. This is crazy. It's Isn't it nuts? Um, and this is an uh-huh. abridged version of like all the owners because I when I tell you there were so many... I had to pick out, like, the best stories. No wonder they gave it to the Smithsonian. No one wanted it. I'd be so it's, scared. I would not want this either. So then <laughs> it found it fell into the hands of a Greek jewel broker, Simon. I'm really going to try to pronounce his name. Ma- Mayon Karides. Okay. Who sold the stone to Habib Bey. And that night... Simon accidentally drove his carriage off a cliff and killed him, himself, his wife, and his young child. Oh, that's so sad. It's so sad. Habib Bey sold the stone now to the Sultan of Turkey and then drowned shortly after in 1909 when a French steamer, he was a passenger on board, sunk. Oh, this is... Okay. (laughs) I would. I'm, not, I'm still would, going. <laughs> I would just give it to like my enemy or like 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 you would think that people would just like purposely start giving it to people they don't like. I you would think so, but people are just either ignoring the or they don't well, they know. Don't believe it. Yeah, they probably just yeah. don't believe it. So now the Sultan of Turkey, Abdul Hamid II, gave it to a concubine of his, who was then stabbed 
in the process of the gem being stolen, the thief was caught along with a wrongfully accused accomplice. They were both <laughs> tortured and then hanged. Okay. This is actually really freaking weird. <laughs> it's so strange. So the stone then re-enters like uh I guess you like Western commerce. Yeah. And it's sold around and eventually it's sold to Edward B. McLean for his wife, Evelyn Walsh McLean. So the weird part about this is that the jeweler who sold it to Edward B. McLean had tried to sell it to Evelyn Walsh previ- Evelyn Walsh previously, and she had refused it, not because she knew the story, but because she didn't like the way the stone was set. Oh. So the jeweler reset it in like a different jewelry setting in, in like a more modern piece, sold it to her husband, who then gifted it to her. Oh, so she couldn't like give it away. She probably felt awkward. Which is tough, right? Yeah, you never want yeah. to return a piece of jewelry. So uh <laughs> that your husband gets you, I would I assume. So then Mary Yohi, our our girl from the Bethlehem Hotel, she's coming back into the scene and what? she goes up to Evelyn and she's like, Listen, I know you don't believe in this curse, but it's real. Like you get rid of it as soon as you can, like just be careful while in possession of this stone because, like, the curse is real whether you b- believe it or not. That's so a girl, Evelyn, girl. Yeah, exactly. So Evelyn is like, okay, I don't really believe the curse, but she got it in the process of the sale. It was, like, negotiated in the contract that it had to be blessed by a priest. Oh. So, which is kind of cool, right? Yeah. So the now-blessed Hope Diamond comes into the possession of Evelyn Walsh McLean and she made the really bad mistake of mocking the curse and it came after her with a vengeance. Oh no. When her son was nine years old, he ran out into the street and was struck by a car and died. Oh God, this is going to be rough. Her, her husband, Edward, had an affair, came out with it publicly, and said that he had actually married the woman that he was having an affair with, which turned out not to be true, but it just brought a ton of uh, like drama and like yeah. shame onto Evelyn and Edward because they're <laughs> like you said, they're like why huge socialites. <laughs> well, I'll tell you why. It was soon after declared that he was insane. Because of a brain oh. and or not aneurysm, a brain, uh, some sort of injury from alcoholism. So he was declared legally insane and sent away to an asylum for the rest of his life where he then died. Oh, man. When their daughter was 25 years old, she overdosed accidentally on sleeping pills. Oh, my God. And Evelyn died of pneumonia at 60 years old. It's really sad because it's almost like all the bad things happen to like the people around her, like her family, which makes it's, it's almost like more sad. It's a, and she had to like watch all of this before then dying young as well. Yeah, so she really got it. She got it bad. Yeah. So in her will, it passed on to her surviving kids and then her grandkids, who then sold the diamond to Harry Winston, who eventually was the one who donated the Hope Diamond to the Smithsonian Institution. 
and that is where it remains today. But unfortunately, the Hope Diamond did claim one more victim. Who? Uh, the postman who delivered the jewel <gasps> to the Smithsonian. His name was James Todd. Shortly after making that delivery, like same day, crashed his truck and broke his leg, like completely shattered the bones in his leg. After he recovered from that, he crashed his truck again and suffered a severe head injury. Both his wife and his dog died in early death, like this is so a sad. very untimely demise. I know it's so sad. And then on top of that, as if that wasn't enough to deal with, his house burnt down. It, this is like brutal. It's just crazy how everyone who has come into possession of this has, like, met well, such a horrible fate. And he wasn't re- – the mailman wasn't really even in possession of it. He, he was just own it, yeah. Transferring it from one place to another. I know. So, like you said, the the Hope Diamond is now prominently displayed in the Harry Winston Room of the Smithsonian Institute in D.C., And the Smithsonian Institute is happy to report that they have had nothing but good luck since having the diamond because it's drawn so many visitors to their precious gemstone collection that it's really actually been quite the stroke of good luck for them. Well, I'm happy for them, but that doesn't cancel out the like hundreds of people who had horrible occurrences. I know. I agree. And on like a last little note, do you want to guess how much the diamond is currently insured for? Oh man. Yeah, I I would like to guess. I'm I mean, I'm going to guess like 5 million. Way more. Okay. Okay, um how much? Just tell me. 250 million dollars. That is so embarrassing how far off I was. <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> oh my god, I was so I was off. Five hundred million, and I was gonna say like, oh no, like that's kind of anticlimactic. No, <laughs> I was just trying. Eggs. I was trying to calculate. I was like, okay, how much do I think one carat costs? How much do I think? Like, yeah, but it's blue too, which also adds. It's and it's blue. Like, iconic, it's famous. And, like, if you say, I have no idea, I genuinely have no idea how much, like, a a diamond carrot is worth, but I would assume that if you say, like, okay, one carrot worth of diamond is worth, we'll just say, like, a thousand dollars, I think a five carat diamond is, like, it's it doesn't, oh, it's yeah, not, it's like, a linear, because it's all, I think it's, like, an together. exponential. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah. If, if one carrot, like, a one carat is like a thousand dollars. Five carats isn't gonna be five thousand. It's probably gonna be like a million. Like I don't know. Not I don't a million, know. Like ten, a hundred thousand. Something. I don't know. Okay. I don't know. Something like that. Wow. But that's oh my, so, so about two hundred fifty million. You said is what it's. it's that's what it's rumored for. to be insured for. Wow. Which, Would you wear it? Would you wear it for the day? Um. No, I, I, no, yeah. I don't. I would not. I, I don't think I would get that much joy out of wearing it. To be honest I'd with be you, nervous the entire it. time. Yeah, 
I it's, really it, like I don't I wouldn't want to w- risk it like what what joy is like wearing that around my neck for one day going to bring me you know right. what I'm saying and right now I'm actually I need to look at it real quick um I, I it is thinking, gorgeous I always loved sapphires and it yeah, looks like really a pretty. more brilliant sapphire it so is how long has it been in this particular setting because like there's all those diamonds around the main diamond are probably like <laughs> they're big. huge. Like they're huge. Oh my gosh. It honestly is really pretty though. I mean, it it, it is looks stunning. like um it sort of looks like Princess Diana's ring, doesn't it? Yes, it does a little bit. Oh man. Wow. And it's you know what I thought was interesting was when you were saying the amount of times that um people just like wore it who didn't own it like that's that was interesting to me like marie antoinette's like lady in waiting that would just like wear it sometimes or like the the concubines that would just like wear it like that's just so interesting so i know it is interesting but also not to go off topic to answer your previous question i just found a image of Evelyn Walsh McLean wearing it and it looks to be in the setting that it's currently in. Okay. So maybe when it got reset into that more modern setting for her husband that's before what's... he purchased it, I think that's That makes sense. It, yeah, I mean this Wow. This I look at I mean that doesn't even look comfortable to wear. No, I I would probably it's be so massive dragging your neck down. I mean, I it's can't even so wear, pretty. like, earrings if they're too heavy. Imagine wearing this, yeah. like, huge... To- that, I mean, it's gotta be, like, at least a pound. It's right? so pretty. The diamond oh, itself yeah. has to be at least a pound. Look at it. It's so pretty, though. It is gorgeous. Well, unfortunately, I don't think you and I will will ever be in possession of it. I think that's fortunate, actually. Yeah, you know what? I revoked that. Fortunately, I don't think either of us are ever going to own the Hope Diamond, so... I'm okay with that. I am a-okay with that. Me too. I actually really liked this. It was kind of a switch-up because it's not haunted per se, but it's something's definitely going on here. It's definitely Something's going on, yes. Some sort of... Yeah, the curse. I would say I believe in the curse. I'm much more uh, likely to believe in the curse now that I've heard all those stories like That's when what I'm you just saying. kept going you just kept going and going out like, what is happening when i tell you i cut some of the stories out because i was like i don't want, i don't want this to be like an hour and a half long episode <laughs> it was i i mean like i highly encourage you all to go read the history of it cuz the smithsonian has like a pretty good history of it and like if you look up curse of the hope diamond it's, I mean, that thing, that thing traveled. Though. That thing traveled. Yeah. Yeah, it was on all countries, all continents, all sides of the world. Very cool. Just a very cool, I really liked this episode. Yeah, it was fun. This was a fun one. All right. Well, we got to go because we're going to go record our first episode of our newest Patreon series. But we will see you all again very soon. Be sure to send us in any ideas of any places that you want us to talk about. Yes, you, we can, you can find us on Instagram, Twitter. Uh, our 
email is eastcoasthaunts at g it's east.coast.haunts at gmail.com um we're always happy to hear from you guys so please reach out with anything any suggestions and to keep us growing as a podcast please remember to leave us a five-star review on whatever platform you listen on we really do truly appreciate every single review that comes through so after all we're just two gals creeping it real Bye. And on that note, bye. bye.